welcome to the Artful Teaching Podcast, where teachers are brought out of isolation and into conversation. Here, we spotlight professional educators as both artists and leaders, and examine how the arts deepen student learning and improve school culture. Education is a demanding field, and we've seen teachers rise to the challenges of their profession by leveraging the arts in the classroom. Integrating dance, drama, music, visual arts, and media arts can bring so much joy, and we're excited to share that with you. We're your hosts, Callie Flox and Heather Francis. Thanks for joining us to hear various perspectives on the art of teaching. Hello again. Welcome to the Artful Teaching Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics Callie presented on resilience in her workshop series, and that is the topic of saying yes and saying no. One of the most important things of finding our voice is to know what we want to say yes to and what we want to say no to. In all of our coursework, we help teachers discover their voice as an artist. And as they discover their voice as an artist, they find their voice as an individual and learn to express their personal opinions, insights, and ideas, which is what all an artist does. An artist creates a work of art and it's putting their beliefs and what they think and how they perceive something on the outside for the whole world to see. And that's why being an artist is such a vulnerable activity. So when people think about how can I live more artfully, putting our own beliefs, opinions, and ideas outside for the whole world to evaluate is the vulnerability that we all want to live with. If you follow Brene Brown at all and she talks about vulnerability, this is what makes artists so rich and so real as they live in that vulnerable place. We can only reach there if we truly own our voice of what we say yes to and what we say no to, but we're scared because people criticize us you're doing that, you say yes to that, you say no to that, we're afraid of people's judgment. So getting comfortable saying yes and no to things is the first part of really knowing who we are, what we want, and how we're going to achieve the things that we want to achieve. One of the things I've come to realize is that we can't really say yes unless we have full permission to say no. Because a yes offered out of obligation or commitment or to meet external expectations does not have the authentic reality of a yes that comes from our soul of this is congruent with me. I'm saying yes to this because it aligns with my vision and my mission in life. It aligns with my value systems and I'm saying yes and I'm all in. That kind of a yes can only be reached when you have found ownership and power over your no. That does not align with my mission. That is not consistent with my value system. That is not congruent with me. And then here's the problem. Life is filled with ambiguity. So maybe represents the ambiguity that it deserves further consideration. And sometimes maybe is the right answer. Yeah, or I like to just reserve the right to change my mind whenever I want. Like it was a yes 10 minutes ago, but now it's a no. And you know, in 10 minutes, I can get more information that tells me, you know what, this doesn't meet my highest desire of what I want. And I, I can't say this authentically without admitting that I'm doing it out of obligation. And if our truth is I'm doing this out of obligation, then tell the truth about it and say, yeah, I'm going to just show up and do this. And, and I'm going to go through the motions and get this done because my value system is to stay committed to this person. I'm not committed to this activity, but I'm committed to this person, therefore I'm going to do this. But knowing why we say yes or why we say no helps us be and live more authentically. You know, that happened when I was dating my husband. <laughs> oh, dear. 
it was well no not oh dear it was oh dear he's so wonderful to be communicating honestly because I you know we're in the throes of early love and so you do a lot of things that maybe you're not gonna do once you're married and later and you're like no I'm not doing that anymore (laughs) you mean like I'm gonna go wash your car for you and all those services I'm gonna go take dance lessons with you so is is that what he did for you (laughs) dance lessons with you well I was studying at BYU and I wanted to take him to a recreational folk dance night And he was totally ignorant to what this might mean. And I remember walking into the Richards building at BYU, opening the door to the studio and just this like flood of energy and music and people coming out the door, smacking him in the face. And he realizes, oh my gosh, they all know what they're doing. They're all holding hands. They're all in unison. They're like, this is a foreign place to me. And he steps back a little bit. I grab his hand. I look at him and he says, this is everything I'm afraid of, but I want to be here and do this with you. And I was like, like, that was the best gift. And, you know, there have been many times since where he's like, that's everything I'm afraid of. And no, I'm not doing that. But one time when we were dating, he's like, and I want to do this with you. And he, he grabbed people's hand and was just pulled around like raggedy and the entire night. He couldn't get one foot, you know, under the other. And But he laughed and he smiled and he was, even though he didn't want to do that, he wanted to be there. So you can both want and not want. You can say yes and no sort of simultaneously. And we've watched him dance every year at the Dance and the Child International State Conferences. He brings his friends, he brings your family, and he comes and dances with all of us every year now. I would have never (laughs) known that that's how he started as a reluctant participant because now he's the center of everything, bringing more people with him to our creative day of dance. I know he's been, he's brought his bandmates, you know, from his rock band to come and participate in creative dance with with families and he's totally sold. Yeah, they all have a great time I know all of them now because we've all danced together. Yeah. And he's totally comfortable saying, no, I will not take bachata class. No, I will not go country swing dancing, but creative dance where whatever I do is acceptable and it can express myself. Absolutely. He's even going to dance classes on Saturday with my toddler. Oh, that's so It's great. great. So the activity that I'm going to pose to practice this comes from drama because drama activities give us the chance to take on someone else's perspective. And, you know, we might have our opinions or our habits and patterns, but when we get to test another person's perspective or point of view, that embodied learning informs us about other options that we may not have considered ever before. So when we take on the role of Julius Caesar or Marilyn Monroe or Bugs Bunny, we can play in a realm that we would never consider any other way. So we're going to do a drama activity and practice saying yes and no in different kinds of energies and qualities. So I want everyone to imagine that they are Marilyn Monroe. Let's start with Marilyn. So she's the demure, sexy, soft, traditional stereotype of that sex symbol woman. And she's a popular figure that we all know. I and wish when, people could see what you look like right now. I'm imagining. She is very much embodying Marilyn Monroe right now. And when she's saying happy birthday to um, John F. Kennedy, mm-hmm. that's, the, the, that's who I'm embodying right now, is that image of her in her tight dress, making out with the microphone and just trying out all she could do to make Jacqueline Kennedy completely embarrassed and humiliated as she romantically stings to another <laughs> husband of another woman. So it was pretty controversial. <laughs> And 
so if you imagine that and you think first of um, how Marilyn Monroe would say yes, I just want you to say yes. Oh, yes. How she would say yes and then think about how she would say no. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh, no, not that, no. And then how would she say maybe? Well, sugar, it's a possibility, maybe. But in that character, you can give all three answers. What we did in class is we put up pictures of different body postures. So if you are standing with your hands behind your back like in a, in a power pose or your hands on your hips, practice saying yes, no, or maybe. Imagine the scenarios that it might be. So I've done an exercise like this with first, second, and third grade students, and I let them say no in eight different energy qualities from dance. And so we would do the punching no. No. Which, as I don't know, in my lived experience, I've had a hard time saying no because I feel like it's always the punch and it's always an attack. And so I love to let the young dancers practice the floating no. No. Or the ringing no. No. Or the dabbing no. No. And, and practicing these different effort qualities in the voice and in the way of saying no, because when you are a people pleaser and you believe that you have to meet other people's expectations all the time to have value, saying no can be so painful and so hard, especially if you know you can only punch it, which is going to make someone feel bad. And then you've not met their expectations. And then you have that guilt and shame. But being able to just dab it, say no. I'm or ground. float it. Or float it. No. No. You know, it, it has, there's, there's more grounded ways to say no. And it, it doesn't feel quite as emotional for me to dab or float as it does to punch or ring. Great example. So I think it's important to remember, we're not just putting those qualities into our voice, but I'm watching your body <laughs> and you're doing it in gesture. Body posture and gesture and gait are embodied learning and more of your body will learn if you put those qualities in your entire body not just in your voice so heather take us through those four one more time so that our listeners can say them with you with those four different qualities so the first no is going to be the dab no repeat after me no and the next one will be the ring like ringing out a cloth no. No. Now we'll do the punch. No. No. And finally, the float. No. No. Now repeat them with yes. Let's start with the dabbing yes. 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 And the ringing yes. 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 The punching yes. Yes! Yes. And the floating yes. Yes. I suppose so. And I should mention there are four other effort actions in the Laban terminology. So if you're interested in an even larger spectrum of energy qualities that you can practice with yes and no, you can find the um, effort qualities online. Just Google search Laban effort qualities. One of the teachers after class when we practiced these, we put up images of different body postures and then we assigned each of those 
Laban energy qualities to the body postures. And the email that I got back after the class, one of the teachers said, I had no idea how unexpressive I was and why my family doesn't read my communication well, because I put no, um, they can't see, I use only my vocal quality and they can't see anything in my body and no one ever knows what I'm talking about and people don't really hear my no's or my yeses. And this was such a great activity. She described how much it helped her fully express, become more aware of the power of her words and that she's going to have to make the meaning of the word more visible in her, in her body language, in her um, facial expression, her posture, her gestures, and her gait. Yeah. And sometimes our vocal attention to the word doesn't match our body attention. How many of us have said, I'm fine, or I'm fine, or I'm fine, and the body says something completely different. There's something to me about honesty and integrity when the tone of your voice matches the flavor of your body and what it's expressing. Absolutely. We actually practiced during class taking one body posture and using an opposite vocal tone so that we could become a little bit more aware of how that feels and reflect on the image we're presenting to other people. We send mixed messages all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there was another episode in this Resilience for Teachers here on the podcast where we talked about um, inner and outer and how sometimes we do have to put on the outer appearance that is different than the inner, especially as teachers working with children. We, we do get to play the part of performer. We do get to fake it till we make it some days, uh, especially if you're going through something personally and you come to school and have to attend to a classroom of children and they, you know, they need you and, and there is that expectation that you don't fall apart in front of them. Uh, so there is also resilience and being able to manage. But if you know what's on the inside and you know what you mean, and you know what you want, you get to choose how to express it. You can at least be conscious about when you do need to put on a, a positive front for kids, and you, you know, I, I used to call it zipping on my Miss Callie costume <laughs> as I stepped into classrooms so that I could show the children a calm, relaxed presence, even though internally I was dealing with some hard things or had some other emergencies that I would be handling as soon as I left that situation. We can maintain our congruence as long as we do it consciously and awarely. Yeah. Great advice, Kelly. This was really fun. I love reviewing what you did in your workshop. And I'm excited for what's going to come next fall when we have this workshop series again, because we've been working a lot on your content with Resilience, you know, your book, your website, um, some course materials, padlets, all the things that we have online now, thanks to more online learning. And we're excited to share that with you. Um, if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe to the Artful Teaching Podcast. If you like what you heard, please share it with a friend, especially your teacher friends. We want them to have support and we want them to know that we believe they are resilient beings and that, that we just love teachers. So thanks for being with us and see you next time. Artful Teaching is made possible by the BYU Arts Partnership in the McKay School of Education. Thanks to Montgomery Media Arts Institute for the production of this podcast. And special thanks to all the teachers who are changing lives while serving in schools. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. You can find all our episodes at advancingartsleadership.com. I'm Heather Francis. And I'm Callie Flocks, wishing you an artful journey.